Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. God is good. God is good. It's good to get up in the... How many is enjoying the cool weather already? How, how many had enough of 95 degrees? Amen. All right. Amen. And we're going to get a little rain here and there. So it's going to be a blessing. Amen. Appreciate the worship team. Thank God. Amen. Appreciate all the effort, the children's workers, and people who work with their youth. We appreciate all the people who do what they do. How many can say amen to that? And we're glad you're here today. And today we're going to continuing honoring God with our obedience. And if you turn to Matthew chapter uh chapter 18 we're going to start there today honoring god we're going to talk about honoring god we're also entering into our fall session of small groups and we're going to try to uh, do the best we can to explain the importance of small groups and um, i'm gonna have probably when cody comes back around have him to give a little infomercial on that out on the table i think total can i picked up three or four i'm going to talk about here but i think there's a total of ten Yep, come on up, Cody. Give him a little infomercial. Or Cody, Cody and I, we uh, uh, Cody does a lot of the work, and I just smile and agree with him. Amen. <laughs> Small groups. Yeah. And why we do them and so forth, and uh, how much productivity it's already produced in the two years we've done them. Yeah, so we've, uh... we do them for, for two main reasons. One, to build community within our church. How many of you guys know it's really hard to build relationships in just an hour on Sunday morning, come in here, worship together, hang out and, and then we leave. And so really just to help cultivate uh, relationships and life-giving relationships with people that are just in our family. And then secondly is to grow closer to God through discipleship. So all of our small groups are themed. So we'll do one on marriage, finances, faith. And so really just all across the spectrum of things that you can be discipled and grow in. Um, we have won this, this time around on the Holy Spirit. And so just a lot of opportunity to pick a subject that really is on your heart that you would like to grow in, um, have a ton of fun hanging out with the people. I get the opportunity to lead the, the married small group, my wife and I, and that one is a blast. I've never laughed so hard in my life than I do when I'm at that group. We eat good, we laugh good, and we learn a lot about marriage and godly marriage. So that's really kind of the key you know, thing is just to develop relationships and to grow closer to God. And so in the two years that we've done it, um, you know, we've had over 100 people in small groups um, in semesters that we've done it. And for a church this size, that's amazing to have that many people involved in discipleship outside of a Sunday morning. So we're going to continue to give those opportunities to you. Um, new subjects will come up each semester when we do them, but we want to encourage you to get involved. They usually run four to six weeks. They meet one time a week, um, sometimes at people's houses, sometimes here at the church um, in the building, um, certain win- some on Wednesdays, some on Thursdays, just depends on what the group works out. So it's one time a week, a couple hours of, a- of your time, and I promise you won't regret it. It is a ton of fun to really rub shoulders with people who believe the same as you, 
um, and just have a great time. And if you're lucky enough to have somebody that can host really well and cook, then that's just a bonus that you get an awesome dinner every time you go. Amen? Amen. So uh, we encourage you, man, check them out, sign up. Like you said, I think we have 10 out there total um, this time around, ranging from all different subjects, from world religions and Christianity down to faith in the Holy Spirit and marriage. So really broad spectrum. There's something that you'll fit in that I believe will bless you. Amen. Thanks, Cody. Amen. And uh, during our time together this morning, I'm going to pass out um, uh, three... And like I say, there's, I think there's seven more out there. There's a couple we've never done before, World Religions and Christianity. And uh, all of these are done by people in the body who have particular giftings and graces. And uh, World Religions, you're going to learn about Hinduism, Buddhism, you're going to learn about all these different things and how they try to come and stack against Christianity, but there is no way. And uh, it helps us prepare ourselves to minister to those people. And I just encourage you to stop out there and look and, uh, and be a part and, and hook up. And um, I'm going to pass out these three as we talk this morning. This one's fourth quarter. Basically, if you feel old or you are older, this is for you. Amen. This is a lot of fun. There's a lot of food. There's a lot of fun. There's, there's building a faith in there. Um, there's going to be uh, just a, you're going to develop relationships at another level with your brothers and sisters, and this is fourth quarter, and uh, we, haven't, uh, we haven't come together with a night because we want the names of people so we can figure out the best night or day to meet, and that's fourth quarter for people 60 and above, and anybody that feels like they feel a part of that, and uh, that's the fourth quarter. Um, this one's the Holy Spirit. It'll be here on Wednesday night. Uh, fourth quarter will be uh, have a lot of help. I try to head that up. Pastor Dave and Melina help me, but we, we're, we're looking for other people to help us too. But fourth quarter, that's, that, that travels around. Usually we meet here, start once here, then we go to other people's venues or home. Um, this is going to be the Holy Spirit. This is going to be here. This will be taking the place of our regular Wednesday night service, and this will be Frank and Leanne on the person and the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit. So this is, if you have a desire to learn more, Walk in more of the Holy Spirit. Release the Holy Spirit in your life. You'll want that one. And this one's married life. And we already got some people signed up. Uh, you heard Cody talk about it. Cody and Jerusha. Married life. It's just how the word says we can live marriage out and overcome our trials and tests and, and walk in it the way God wants to. So, Jimmy, if you just want to scatter them out, just, just pass them between the groups and um, find somewhere to sign. And if you can't, again, out there, uh, we also have one on end times. There's going to be one on end times. We have a family in this body that has studied end times extensively for years. I've asked him to host this, and that's Robert Lee and Pat New and Leanne, their daughter, and they studied end times. How many's ever been a little confused about end times? That's going to be held, and I think that's going to be held down at uh, Robert Lee at the News Auction House. But that's on the table. All kinds of opportunities. We just want you to find a spot where you feel comfortable, and where you can learn and grow and connect, and uh, it'll all be there. So just start passing them out, sign up where you feel, or if you don't want to check those out in the back, please do that because we're going to get going. All right, I said all that to get to this. We're honoring God with our obedience. We're honoring God with our obedience. We know that the word honor means to esteem highly, to respect. That comes from respecting a person, a position, a place, a presence, and this morning we're going to talk about the power of honoring God by loving each other. 
and being a part of each other's life and bringing a supply to each other. And part of that is getting into a small group, as Cody did a great job of explaining the power of connectivity in small groups. Did you know Jesus had a small group? Jesus had a small group. Anybody know that? Jesus had a small group. Matter of fact, he had two small groups. He had a small group of 12 that were his disciples, and out of the 12, three pushed in. That was a, another small group. Three pushed in to a greater revelation of what Jesus was doing. So Jesus had two small groups, and then he had a larger group that probably wouldn't be called small, but he had 70 that followed him, and he instructed them what to do and where to go. Life is about connectability. Life is about community. Life is about getting together. So if we watch Jesus honor the power of small groups, and matter of fact, I hate to use the word small in this uh, uh, connect point here, but the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is a small group, a very powerful small group. Let me say amen. And, we, we, you know, we worship the three persons of the Godhead, and, and how many knows they've got to agree before anything is done? And, and it, it's just a very powerful thing. I want to start here in Matthew 18, verse 12, on the power of finding people who've been disconnected. The power and the challenge and the instruction of finding people who have been disconnected. We all know people who once walked with the Lord or were faithful to the Lord or faithful to His church, and over the years they've become disconnected by different things. Um, I, I heard a lady last night say, I really don't know why I quit coming to church. And I tried to tell her there's a part of just being rhythmic and, and doing things out of a habit. And, and you say, well, that sounds kind of kind of um, senseless. But no, no, habits are powerful. And I don't know about you, but I grew up, you know, I, I developed some really good habits and I've developed some not so good habits. And one of the habits was as long as my mom's heart was beating, we were going to church. There wasn't any question, you know, we're going to go this week or next week. There wasn't any question of, as a matter of fact, sick wasn't even good enough. She'd pray for you and give you an aspirin and load you in the truck. How many say amen? So you just got into a habit. You, you know, you get into habits, and sometimes you can fall out of habits, and sometimes there can be misprioritization. There sometimes can be hurt involved. There sometimes can be all kinds of stuff. But the truth is God wants us to be on our toes to help people who maybe are struggling with being apart and connecting. Maybe there's low self-esteem. Maybe they've been hurt, like I said before. But look at what it says here. Matthew chapter 18, verse 12, and verse 11. And it says, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Very important. We understand the power of that. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep, and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying or missing? And if you should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over the sheep, that sheep, than the other 99 that did not go astray. Even so, is it not the will of your Father in heaven who is after the little ones so they don't perish? Listen to what the Amplified says. What do you think? For if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray and gets lost, will he not leave the 99 on the mountain? and go in search of the one that is lost. And if it should be that he finds it, truly I say unto you, he rejoices more over it than the 99 which did not get lost. Just as so, 
Is not this the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should not be lost and perish? So God's all about saving people. God's all about walking ditches as the good Samaritan. God's all about finding people who've been bruised, broken, whatever they're in. Hung in you know, they could be hung in a fence. How many ever found a calf or something hung in a fence? Hung in a bad situation. I remember three different situations. Growing up on the farm, we found a cow or a calf hung in a fork of a tree. How many ever found somebody hung in a fork of a tree? Well, you know, that's where people are in life. They're at a fork of decision-making. And there's one right way and there's one wrong way. And sometimes we get hung at the fork. What am I going to do? Aren't you glad we have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to direct us? Aren't you glad we don't have to stay in that place of immobility so long we become stuck? And sometimes we stand so long in a place trying to find out the right thing to do that we lose our footing. So I wanted you and I to see that today. Again, small groups builds community. It builds a grow, grows a deeper relationship with God, and it brings an awareness of other people. It brings awareness of other people. And I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, because your supply, your gifting is so, so important. Acts chapter 2, we're talking about the power of obeying God and uh, gathering into small groups and, and being the brothers and sisters God's called us to be on this earth. We need, we need help. We got people in this body, and you know, again, uh, the people that call this home and this is the church they attend, the best I can sort out through just um, when they come and who comes and, and so forth and so on. We have about 500 people that come here. They might come once a month. They might come every service. They might come once a quarter. This is their church. In that church, in the last two weeks, um, we've had uh, two new babies, two new babies. We have um, born into the, the people who come and call this their home. We have, um, we, have, um, um, we have some people here. We have an older person, which is not super old, but in, in the process of transitioning to heaven. This is her church home. Um, you know, unless there's a miraculous change, she's going to exit here. How many knows heaven's better than here anyway? How many say amen? God gave us all these promises. Um, we have, uh, Judy has a, a, a brother-in-law is fighting a tremendous fight against uh, uh, cancer. But we're all going through stuff. We had a wedding last night. All this is family. This is so good about serving God. You never can be bored. This is, this is just family. In the midst, we got people doing real well, people not doing so well. We have people on the, right, on the road of faith. We have people fighting all kinds of things, and we're all growing, and, and, and small groups breaks it down. How many grew up in Sunday school? Raise your hand real high. How many can say you actually probably learned as much or more in Sunday school as you did out in big church? Now, let me tell you why, because we could ask questions. You couldn't stop and ask the pastor in the middle of all that stuff, hey, hey, stop, stop, stop. But in Sunday school, you could ask questions, you could interrelate, you could talk, you could examine, you could share. And, and sometimes, sometimes in the past, it seemed like we threw some of that away. But we're, we're gathering it back up. And small groups is, to me, even a little better in Sunday school because it's mobile. We can do it in different places. And, and we can do it on so many different subjects. So I'm very thankful for small groups. I'm, you know, uh, when you become a part here, we, we ask you to go through next steps. And that's a four-week uh, explanation of who we are, what we believe, what we believe the Bible says. It's examination of who you are and your personality and your grace and where we're headed. And after that, we have small groups. After that, we have Revive. You know, we just have so many things that allows you and I to grow and find our purpose and our place. 
Because there's nothing worse than being involved with someone or something and you don't feel a part. There's nothing worse to set a whole game and never get to play. Nothing worse than activity. Nothing worse not finding your place in your part. I got a good friend. I call him a son in the faith. He pastors in Ohio. And um, um, he uh, got four kids and great kids. And one of them's a junior in high school. And he's a soccer player. And, and he went to this year and he got back to school. He went to uh, find a soccer team. And there was no soccer team. They stopped it. Didn't have enough kids. And he, he played soccer since he's six years old. And as a matter of fact, he's good enough to get a college scholarship. Well, he was devastated, and I talked to his dad, and, and uh, he said, well, you know, what are we going to do? And I said, well, what would you, what would you like to him to do? He said, well, what about football? I said, well, what can he do? He said, he's a little, he's not real big. He's, he's thin and smart, real smart, but he, he might weigh, he might weigh a buck 30, 130 pounds, maybe wet, maybe. I said, what, does, what, does, what can he do? He said, well, he sure can. He makes a lot of goals in the soccer. I said, has he ever kicked a field goal? He goes, no. And I said, well, what? He, he said, well, he said, could I play football? And I said, if it's in his heart, try. Well, in two and a half months, he's the number four scorer for kicking in Ohio. He's hitting 80% of his PATs. To a point, college has done, already begun to look at that. You know how many teams... No, when they score a touchdown, there's no way they got a kicker can kick a, a, a point after kick. They just, they just have to go to. And, but now, this morning, he's at Ray Guy's football pro kicker camp. You say, well, he's missing church. He'll catch up. Don't worry about that. <laughs> he's at Ray Guy's, and if you young kids don't know, Google it. Ray Guy was an All-American punter slash kicker out of the University of Alabama. And best I remember, played for Coach Barry Bryant. Best I remember, got drafted by the Raiders and played for years. And now he's got camps all over the United States teaching kids how to kick. Here's the kicker for kicking. You get good enough to kick, you get a free four-year ride at a college of any level you want. So isn't that cool? Why'd you talk about kicking? I don't know. I just leaned over for a minute and there happens. Amen. But what are you kicking today? What hasn't worked before and you've got to change your stance? Last week, he missed over, he missed three-fourths of his kicks. I told, his dad texted me in the middle of the night and all upset. I said, it just takes one adjustment. When you got people know what they're doing, teaching you how to do something, it's just one adjustment. Uh, Friday night, he was five for, six for six, five for five. Just an adjustment. You're just an adjustment away of getting that thing fixed in your life. You're just an adjustment. You're just a revelation. You're just a word. You're just an adjustment in, in what you do to fix that thing in your life. The devil tells you it's a big picture. You just got to change the color in the corner somewhere. The devil's a liar to you, and he brings an imagination to you that is not good, but God also brings an imagination, takes us from hope to faith, and when we believe what God says, if I can only, what's that song? If I can only, if I can only, if I can only, we sing that about heaven. Why can't we sing that about some heaven on earth? If I can only imagine this situation going from bad to good. If I can only imagine this situation of hate going into love. If I can only imagine what the stories of the Bible teach us. So, it's an encouraging thing to live life and do it together. You know, the Bible says we're to carry one another's burdens. How can I do that if I don't know what your burden is? Some of us fight pride so much we won't tell anybody we're drowning. We won't tell anybody we've been gone under the water twice. 
We're just going to keep it to ourselves because we think it makes us look small or insignificant or weak. But I'm telling you, there's a time we need to holler for folk. And if you have levels of friends, you won't have to holler loud because the inside core will hear quickly. Then the next layer will hear. Then the next layer will hear. Life's about building relationships starting with God and second, within our families and third, with the people we live and do life with. How many say amen? I, I'm, I'm, I love relationships. I mean, I'm, uh, God's working on me to be more resourceful myself. But when I have an issue or problem or a lack, I don't think of a resource. I think of a relationship who has a resource. I just don't go to Google for everything. I Google somebody. I'll Google them in the middle of the night. I'll wake them up. Hey, I need help. Now, why would you do that? Because I'm willing somebody wake me up in the middle of the night and Google me. I need help. You'll, you'll, never, you'll never frustrate me Googling me if you need help because I believe that's the way we should be. Now, sometimes I can get too far that way and not necessarily be privatized enough. But that's another whole thing. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. That was just a side journey. Hopefully we got something, maybe a, maybe a pear, a peach along the way. I don't know. Maybe a tomato. Acts chapter 2. Amen. Look what it says. Let's, let's start in verse 40. Look what it says. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation, Peter preaching. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and they that day about 3,000 souls were added unto them. How many would call that a, a good beginning? Amen. This is the beginning of the church, 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Look what they continued in. Look at all this stuff. Here's what they continued in. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So we need the word. We need the word of the apostles. We need the word. We need New Testament revelation of what God says we are, what we have, and who he is. They continued steadfastly. That meant they didn't take years off. They didn't take months off. They didn't take time off. How many here enjoys eating at least three meals a day? How many here likes four or five snackers between the meals? How many here your refrigerator, if anything's wore out, it's the light and the hinges? Because the light comes on when you, they, it sees your mug and the hinges go, good God, go back to bed. But anyway, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And look at number two, fellowship. 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 You need fellowship for the hardships you'll ride out in this life. You need fellowships also to celebrate the good things in your life, in this life. Fellowship. Um, how did Adam and Eve get in trouble? They broke fellowship. There, there wasn't a lot. I don't think Adam was close when the snake was talking to Eve. I can't find that. And he was given oversight to lead and guide and love, you know, his wife. And the snake talked. Eve into deception, and Eve talked Adam into deception. And uh, you know, if you're hanging around the right people, listening to the right stuff, you're going to be talked into good stuff. Look what it says. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Look at all these different things they did. And fear came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. Verse 44. Now, all of those who believed were together. There it is again. There's a, there's a realm of fellowship. There's, there's a connection of fellowship. And as Cody said today, it's hard in an hour and 15 minutes to really develop this level of fellowship. And they had all things in common. 
So they talked about the priority of this new beginning, this church, the, of Jesus Christ, of what he was doing. And verse 45 said they sold their possessions and goods and divided them all, among all, as everyone who had need. This is the beginning of the church, but the church is built around generosity. Everybody say generosity. Where you see the power of generosity, you'll see Jesus in the middle of it. Because the enemy wants us to be stingy. The Bible says those who have and hide, they lose it. But those who give freely gain more. And it says here, they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone who had need. Verse 46, so continuing daily. They met daily. We might not have that access at this kind of life we live, but we sure can get together more than once on a Sunday. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. So they wasn't overcome with the worries and the situations of the world because they were becoming self-sufficient through God's sufficiency in that group of people. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. Look at there, they're having favor with people don't believe and people do believe. How many of those favor opens doors? When you have the right favor, it opens doors. You don't have to go through the channels. You don't have to go through the steps. When the favor of God is in a situation and the timing of God is there, it opens doors of opportunity. They kept praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So how they had all things in common. They met each other's needs. They continued daily. They met not only in the church house, but took the house of God's worship from house to house. They were in one accord. They had prayer. They had doctrinal instruction. They ate. They were full of simplicity of heart. They were happy, and they praised God, and God rewarded them with favor with all the people, and he added to the church daily. I, I'm, I'm desiring to see the Acts Church continue in America. How many can say amen? I'll tell you what. I believe there'll be a day that the doors here will never be locked and I believe there'll be people coming and going here doing these very same things, continuing in the apostles' doctrine, meeting each other's needs, having all things in common, eating, sharing, loving, and I believe that'll spill over unto where we work and where we live. How many can agree with that? How many believes that God wants us to do that and, and He wants to load us daily with His benefits and, and the Bible talks about there's so much safety in the power of numbers. A three-fold cord is not easily what? Broken. That means you've got somebody tied to you, hang with you. You've got somebody who will bind their life with you in the middle of tragedy, middle of a trial. It also means you've got somebody to celebrate with you. It's not always wise to celebrate by yourself either because you, can, you and I can get full of ourselves. We can get full of pride and thinking we did this by ourselves. There is no such single action of doing anything by yourself. Somebody somewhere has supported you, has supplied to you. We're standing on somebody's shoulders. Pastor Dave and I and everybody got to go to Raymond. We're standing on Mom and Dad Hagen's shoulders and a lot of people. And we'll lean it. We, we, he told us, that I've been doing it 63 years, boys and girls. I'm going to help you avoid a lot of problems. And he said, if you listen, you're going to avoid a lot of problems. And not only him. I'm standing on Brother Billy Graham's shoulders. How many say amen? faithful all of his life. I'm standing on all kinds of people's shoulders. I'm standing on my mom and dad's shoulders, my grandparents' shoulders, my aunt and uncle's shoulders. I'm standing there because they laid a foundation and they challenged me to grow up higher in the tree, climb up higher. 
climb up higher. There's more view the higher you get. How many say amen? And there's more preparation for what we have to deal with in this life. So I want to kind of wind down here this morning and talk about we have a supply. The Bible says every joint has a supply. We bring a supply. And the Bible says in Ezekiel when they spoke to the dry bones that the bones started making their way, bringing their supply to be joined together. So I believe the American church needs to recognize that God is speaking. I want you to take your bone, whether it's alive or not so alive, I want you to start moving toward the other bones, and I'm going to hook you up with ligaments and tendons. I'm going to cover you with the skin of joy and gladness. I'm, going to, we're going to, I'm telling you, the closer we get to heaven, there's not going to be as much emphasis on denominations or things or that. It's going to be on the move of God, what he's doing today. And our brothers and sisters, we're not going to argue over smaller doctrines. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to lift up the, the cause of Christ. We're going to lift up the cross of Jesus Christ. We're going to lift up the empowering of the Holy Ghost. We're going to lift up the miracle working grace that God has given unto us. And we're not going to be labeled by man's label anymore. But to do that, to do that, we're going to have to look at things a little differently. And, um, you know, Jesus understood the power of sending them out two by two, the 70. He understood the power of agreement. He told us that. He said the power of agreement. So this morning, as we close out, I want to talk about the difference of, of me and we. And, and just something just came to my heart this morning. And uh, this is just a bottle of water, just a regular bottle of water. And uh, how, many ever, how many ever dreamed we would get to a point we would pay for a water in a bottle? He's five years old, and somebody said, someday you'll pay for water in a Bible, and we go, you know, the weasel left the house. How many say amen? But when you're born, you come with a bottle of water. You come prepackaged and preloaded with God's gifts, abilities, assignments on the inside of you. You come with those. When Jesus, when Jesus sends you to the earth, you come with those. Now, there comes a time when you must dedicate those gifts, talents, abilities, and anointings, or whatever we don't even understand, back to God. So there comes a time when we either choose Christ or we don't. There comes a time when we either submit our lives and commit our lives to following Him or we don't. And the whole thing is about our decision. So I call this God's supply right here. God's supply in this earth right here. And I, I call it what we need to fulfill our purpose in the earth. God's supply. Everybody say God's supply. Now, it has a container on it. It's in a container. It has a top on it. I personally believe a lot of people live on this earth and go to heaven and never uncap all what's in them. I believe there's things in them that God has placed that they've never went that far, never had the grace to dedicate that much, and, and never really just wanted to open themselves up and empty themselves out. Because of fear, comparison, uh, pressure, um, you know, some families. People ask me all the time, why'd Carson have to, why'd Carson have to go plumb down to Nashville? Well, here's why. Number one, it's God's instruction. And number two, what Carson does, there's no, he has no outsource here. Carson, Carson makes movies, guys. He just, he just was a number two camera on a Western to be on Netflix next month the next year. Carson does all kinds of stuff that there's not a need here. So he had to get to a place where his gift could supply something. How many say amen? Well, I mean, I just, yeah, I know I understand that. In the flesh, I, I'd like for him to be right here, right by me every Sunday morning. 
but that's my flesh. That's not my heart. See, what's inside Carson and what's inside me is two different things, two different gifts and callings. So here's the key. Once we begin to recognize, and that's where small groups come in, help us recognize our gifts and challenges and abilities. Once we bounce off each other, talk to each other, deal with each other, once we do those things, you know, we begin to think about sharing this. So when we share this, when we, when we pour out, and you know, there's so many, many, many scriptures in the Bible about cup. Cups and cup. And we know a cup is an overall container, but there's so many things in the Bible about the cup and what we're doing with our cup. So I believe as we find out who we are in Christ, what he's done for us, I believe we start opening this up and putting into the cup. Now, do you come from a family that marks on the cups at Christmas? And my sister just starts marking people. I don't like, I don't like people to mark me a cup because that pushes me into a single place to drink from. See, I'm an equal opportunity drinker out of your cupper person. And how many could go, I can't deal with that. How many say amen? I grew up working with daddy, one water jug, all the hands and everything. So we, you know, I just grew up drinking out of a creek, you know. Anybody ever drink out of a creek and it tastes so good, you walk about 100 yards up the creek, you see a dead calf bubbling over with maggots. Anyway, it'll teach you not to be worried too much about what you're drinking. God's filtering system, dead calves and maggots. But anyway... My sister, she paints everybody's name on a cup and everybody's watching to see, make sure everybody gets the cup that's assigned to you. Well, that's very important that you don't try to do what's in my cup and I don't try to do what's in your cup. But I found out as, as God allows and I'm obedient and I pour into the cup, it's more accessible to share with other people. And David said, my cup runs over. See, I like a running over cup. How many say Amen. Jesus said this, I wish this cup could pass from me. You know, in Genesis 40, we talk about the cup of Pharaoh being hit in a wheat sack. There's all kinds of cups in the Bible. But I found out it's easier for other people to drink out of this cup than this container. I found out it's easier for things just to, as we live life, just to slosh out. Oh, you just got water on the carpet, like the carpet cares. How many say amen? Spot 378, and we worked on 340 of them. But anyway, but I found out as we passed this cup, and you know in the old church they used to pass a communion cup. How many ever drank out of the same communion cup growing up? You say, well, they're all nuts. wonder they didn't less disease than there is now. But anyway, that's another whole story. But I'm encouraging you and me to allow the people that are part of our lives to drink freely out of our cup. I'm asking you to be more open than you usually are. I'm not asking you to be stupid and go and tell your underwear size, but I'm asking you to let people share the burden and build faith and be a part of our families so we don't get caught off guard when something goes really right or really wrong and somebody on the outside asks us why we're not involved on the inside with somebody we should have been involved with. I know more, more people are private than others. I get that. I'm not telling you not to be you. But I'm just saying, Pastor Pat is not always in the spirit and I'm not always eating a peanut butter sandwich and the Lord says, you know what, so-and-so is going to have surgery in 12 minutes at such and such a town and Dr. Simon is going to do the surgery. I'm not quite there yet. I need help. And help comes through relationship. And if, you, if people don't want people to know, that's fine. That's their business. I don't have a problem with that. 
I just want to be a blessing. And I just want our water to be poured freely. I just want to be emptied out of this. And you know what? This is so amazing. This is like a cattle water. How many's ever had a cattle water? How many's ever heard it fill back up? Once a cow or horse drinks of it, it fills back up automatically because the float resets, right? Well, some of you are looking at me like I'm ignorant. Okay, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another automatic reset. When we walk in the favor of God, when we walk in the love of God, when we walk in the total dedication to God, there's an automatic fill back up as we stay in the Word, stay with people that can help us, as we stay in church, as we continue daily in the Apostles' Doctrine, as we pray together, eat together, celebrate together, it rises back up. And since most of you have never seen a cattle water, I'll tell you what you have seen reloads automatically, and that's your toilet. <laughs> and it hisses and makes different sounds. And How many say amen? And even the bad stuff in life, it reloads itself. How many say amen? For another mess. That's the mercy of God, no matter how many messes we make. If we stay hooked with Him and we flush it out by repentance and changing the way we're thinking and doing, God will reload mercy so you and I can mess up again sometime. And that's called grace. And I'm so thankful for that. But the truth is, the spiritual toilet should be flushing a lot less than this one. Passing out the goodness of God. How good God is. How good the Lord is. That you don't have a problem. You just have a solution. You haven't found in Jesus yet. Drink freely of the cup. I mean, growing up, my dad just never took a water jug to the field. I don't know why you did that, Daddy, but I had to scavenge for water. Thank God everybody we had that we ever farmed with, including her daddy and Hambone Williamson, I can name off, they knew Daddy wouldn't bring water, so they brought water. I'm so thankful for water jugs. Let me say amen. I'm so thankful for water jugs. I'm so thankful for bringing cool water in the midst of a problem. And Jesus said, if you do these to the least of them, you've done it to me. How many say amen? So this gives greater relationship with the Lord. And I just thank God he's just refilling, 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 so we can just receive and believe and pour it out and just give and give and just let God refill and enjoy our life and just celebrate every day. I mean, this Oaks thing has got into me, so... I'm every morning praying and thinking, who can I honor today that deserves to be honored? Who can I just give an encouraging word or uh, whatever it takes, you know. My dad, before he passed, he got into like a two-piece snack from KFC. And that's what he wanted, a two-piece snack. And, and, and he wanted a breast and a wing. And he'd eat that and whatever mom had. He'd eat hers too. But you know what? It was all right. Because we were honoring him. I say we start having funerals before people leave this place. I say we start sending the flowers while they can smell them. I say we write the letters while they can read them. I say we go by their house and you say, well, it might worry them. Believe me, if their heart is bent toward God, they'll be glad you stopped by. I'm not talking about being a burden. I'm not talking about being aggravating. I'm just talking about Jesus. You know, Jesus was led by the Spirit. Isn't that amazing how led he was? And how he'd adjust. Jesus was a master adjuster. And on the way to complete something else, someone would interfere, 
and interrupt him, but he would, he would ease the person of where he was going and heal the situation in the present. It's all because he understood the power of the water from his father, the instruction, the love, the grace. And I, I'm just excited, and, and uh, I, just, I just woke up with this idea. Matter of fact, if I woke up it sooner or thought of it sooner or heard God quicker, you'd all get a red cup and a water so you could take these as souvenirs yourself and and see, some people sung a song about a red cup and its container, but I'm not talking about that song. I'm talking about Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus so we could pour out the goodness of God. Amen? So from here to here, and God keeps reloading. Whatever you sow, you reap. He keeps reloading. And you have overflow and excess. Man, so good to water people that are weary. It's so good to water people that are dry. It's so good to water people that are doing well. There ain't nothing more refreshing than a cold bottle or glass of water when you're hot. How many say amen? And there's nothing more refreshing than a hot or cool shower or bath when you're dirty and you've worked hard. How many say amen? So I think everybody deserves that. I really do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. And I thank you that we have the ability to love each other. And I thank you, Father God, for allowing us to have life together. I thank you for the power of relationships, Lord. And it starts with you and through you to our Father and through Father and you, the Holy Ghost. And, and it comes from a vertical point to a horizontal point. Then we get to share our cup on the earth. We get to share example and testimony and grace and, and how you held us through hard times and how when we took our eyes off of you started to sink you you rescued us and and how when you start here you say we're going over there and how you've never lied we get to share all that with people and when we share we get reloaded and refilled and the power of the word and the power of the holy spirit and we just get to love people through life even when it's hard so i thank you for that today lord jesus and i thank you Lord, that what you've started in all of our lives, I speak health and blessing and encouragement and hope to everyone here. And I thank you, Lord, we can apply the water of the word to everything. And Father, you guarantee us that you'll do your part. 